RTL Original Podcast. Taking inspiration from the iconic Blur smash hit of the same name, this pod takes a look at some of the greatest records of all time and argues why their second track is more often than not that album's best. Join me, Stephen Steps Low, as I argue the case for some of the best and sometimes worst second songs ever made. This week we take a look at the Arctic Monkeys' seminal track, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. Though the band wince at the pure simplicity of their earliest hit, it is undeniable that I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor was an absolute breakout at a time when indie fatigue was setting in. Seemingly coming out of nowhere, the track rocketed to the top of the UK charts and went on to conquer the world, a feat that cannot be claimed by the supposed high-profile acts such as Franz Ferdinand, The Strokes and The White Stripes that influenced a young and impressionable four-piece from Sheffield, raising the bar for UK indie that has arguably yet to be matched. Initially, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor was a rough and ready slab of noise, making up part of the 2004 Beneath the Boardwalk demo tapes and was heavily influenced by US pop punk. And, coupled with a fervent energy reserved for the young and eager, Alex Turner's observational lyrics, casual delivery and general usouciance had the press standing to attention. This was a time, remember, when MySpace was still a, you know, thing, and the band had generated significant word of mouth, handing out mixtapes to a fast-growing fanbase as their thrown-together gigs grew in popularity. To make you feel really old, the song itself is of the legal age to drink alcohol, and in the few short years it took for Alex Turner, Jamie Cook, Matt Helders and Andy Nicholson, later to be replaced by Nick O'Malley, to graduate from playing Sheffield's pub circuits to headlining Glastonbury, hundreds of bands made a play for the door the Arctic Monkeys had kicked in. You can count on one hand how many of those are still around, let alone readying themselves for a seventh album release. The band could have signed to any number of major labels on the strength of this one song alone, such was the hype and clamour for their signatures, and you would have maybe forgiven the fresh-faced four-piece if they had have sold out there and then, tempted by the trappings of fame and fortune. Instead, they went with the indie imprint Domino and ensured creative control, something the band would come to relish in later years. It is, or at least was, to me surprising to discover that the track follows The View from the Afternoon as part of the album Whatever You Think I Am, That Is What I Am Not's opening salvo. Producer 
producer Jim Abbas was charged in bottling the frenetic live performances and channeling it for the debut record, with Abbas saying that they had 15 days to make the record. It was pretty stressful, if I'm being honest. I've never been under so much time pressure to try and record something that everyone's waiting for. Turner himself was apparently a tad grumpy during the recording of the single at Chapel Studios in Lincolnshire, as he was to get a feel for the weight of expectation. Everybody you met in the industry was talking about that one song, and Abbas said he was wondering if it was going to be the first big single. And I think Turner was already saying, what is going on? Turner's urgent guitar lines chime with the propulsive bass line and coalesce with Matt Helder's battering ram percussion on a track that, with no hint of irony, can fill a dance floor from that very first bar. It is, for want of a better word, a classic. You can argue that this track rather than any other laid the foundation for the Arctic's entire career. Many will go for Fake Tales of San Francisco as being the better cut. Others will plump for the dark humour found in Mardi Bum. And there are a number who will argue that When the Sun Goes Down is the better tune. But few can suggest that without the impact of Dance Floor, we might never have known of the Arctic Monkeys. In researching this pod, we read the Enemies 2018 article written by Matt Wilkinson. We checked out songfacts.com, took in Laura Snape's 2015 article on The Guardian, and also had a look at soundonsound.com. Don't forget to leave us a review, and of course, let us know what your favourite song twos are. You can also check out the first three in the series, Nirvana's In Bloom, The Stooges' I Wanna Be Your Dog, and Massive Attack's Karma Coma. We will be back next week with a brand new edition of Song 2 available on RTL Play. But this has been Stephen Steps Low for RTL Today Radio.